0: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about some damn good beef. Our friends over at Hassel Cattle Company are delivering you damn good beef to pair with your damn good beer over at Breckenridge Brewery. And guys, this is so good that you can now get this Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting this damn good beef in the bar. And you can come down now and build your perfect burger with Hassel Cattle Company Wagyu beef and all the top. You want, and of course, you can have it with that damn good beer as well. Hassle Cattle Company is now offering DNVR listeners a buy three get one free on their flank steaks. These delicious steaks are lean and very flavorful. They should be thinly sliced against the grain when carving, and it's an ideal choice when you're looking to marinate. These steaks are super affordable—only ten dollars 99 in fact—and now you can buy three and get one free and use code DNVR at ch- DNVR flank at checkout to get that. That's DNVR flank, D N V R F L A N K at checkout to get your buy three, get one free. And of course, if, you, if you're on hassle cattle company, might as well use the code DNVR 10 for 10% off. So make sure to check out our friends over at hassle cattle company guys. We have put the ultimate stamp behind it, putting it at the bar as well as putting it in our own fridges. So make sure to check them out over at hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L Cattlecompany.com. News promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. And c- promo code DNVR Flank to get that buy three get one free. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number
1: one for the one and only. brew and a friend bleed on Jim blue to the bitter end come and join enjoy-
0: Welcome to the DNVR Broncos podcast on this Thursday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because over at MSU Denver Online, they are the new online university with learning outcomes that are equivalent to -to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities, but MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, which full program and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy. Happy on your way to graduation. They're the preeminent online university in the Rocky Mountain region. Whether you're online or on campus, it does not matter to them. It's all the same over there at MSU Denver. Their students do just as well in their online courses as they do in person, which means you get the same degree while continuing to live your life. So check them out over at MSU Denver online.
2: My boy, Mace, how are you doing, my friend? Um, Well, I'm doing all right. And... I think I know better than to tweet about Tim Tebow today. <laughs> I'd like think, to think I do. I'm I'm not going to give in to temptation and say much of anything on Tim Tebow. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, I like how you're you're saying you're resisting the
0: temptation, yet you lead off the show with Tim Tebow.
2: Well, because everybody's talking about in the NFL. I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> that's what's uh, uh, that's what's dominating the chatter this morning. And, uh, yeah, I mean, never has so much attention been paid to a fourth-string tight end, but
0: <laughs> so what, here what, we are. What, I got to get your opinion on this, though, Mace. What do you think happens with Tim Tebow in Jacksonville now that he's officially signed? How does this story go
2: for him? He will ultimately not make the team okay this year he won't even make it this year he won't make he will not make the 53 man roster if if he does then one of two things happened one and this is the far more unlikely circumstance he actually played well at tight end Mm -hmm. the other thing would be that he doesn't play well and he makes the team in spite of jaguars coaches pleading that he doesn't deserve a spot on a 53 man roster i mean he's he, he'd be a backup tight end you think he's going to cover kickoffs and punts i don't probably not well, at 33 what he's got to do old. if he's yeah if it's going to be on the team so i just oh, I'm, I'm i'm glad the circus is somewhere other than denver if it's <laughs> going to be in the nfl and you know the, you know this is And not that the Broncos have been great shakes the last five years. I get that, but this is why the Jaguars are a joke of a franchise.
0: Oh man. And not even Tim Tebow, Urban Meyer, and uh, Trevor Lawrence can save that. And Mace, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say Tim Tebow has three touchdowns this year. Not only does he make the team, but he has an impact with him. I'll be pulling for the chaos. Uh, We we have our circus here in Denver every Friday, Mace. They can have their circus out there, but I think that circus in Jacksonville is going to live on this year with Tim Tebow. Oh,
2: God. I hope (laughs) you're wrong.
0: (laughs) Maybe, maybe I will be, but man, I hope so. I would love to see Tim Tebow going up against the Broncos
2: week two. Yeah, and you know what I would do um, if that unlikely circumstance happened, you wouldn't come. The the other the other thing is, you know, he's got to learn how to block. I mean, and this is why I say this: have him go up against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Says you know he's having to chip on those guys, or you leave, or. The Jaguars maybe are dumb enough to leave him on an island against Bradley Chubb or Von Miller.
0: <laughs> Good luck.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would probably that's be a re- entertaining. Maybe that's reason enough to hope he makes the team, just because he might get eviscerated. But no, I I don't want to see you know something bad like that happen. I just I, I just think the whole the, the whole thing is a joke, I, and you know, just like him playing minor league baseball for the Mets and generally doing so poorly was a joke. And they kept, they kept passing him up the system even though he was struggling. Mm-hmm. That, that's the thing that gets me. It's like the, the guy, the guy was had a microscopic uh, OPS. The guy had a terrible, uh, walk, you know, a terrible uh, walk to start uh, or walk or strike to walk out or walk to strikeout ratio. And that he just kept moving up. They kept passing him up the system. And he was all of a sudden triple A. It's just <laughs> oh boy. I, I things I, just, I don't miss. I, things I, I don't it, miss Mace. are covering Tim Tebow. And, and and not and and not just that, but the whole circus around it. It was it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs>
0: I love that uh, you didn't want to talk about Tim Tebow at all yet. We just spent 10 minutes talking about him, but we'll move on for your sake, Mace. It wasn't, it wasn't 10 minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't that long. (laughs) Okay. Seven minutes talking about Mr. Tim. Uh, And we'll, we'll talk about some, some actual quarterbacks that are here in Denver Mace because yesterday uh, Mike Clay over at ESPN released his 2021 season projections for every team, every player player i mean this is impressive a 65 page document but of course what we care about is just one line we want to see what he has the broncos quarterbacks doing and interesting mace he has drew lock and teddy bridgewater playing but drew lock getting the majority of the starts he plays in 13 games for the broncos
2: yeah um and what is interesting on that he he kind of does these projections and he always projects the backup to get at least a few snaps, because as we've seen historically, at least over the last decade or so, the backup quarterback is going to have to play at some point for about half the teams every year and play meaningful snaps. We're not just talking about mop-up snaps. And then of course there's a possibility that Bridgewater beats uh, Tebow out. So that's, that's why you see a projection that involves 13 games played for Drew Locke And did I say beat Tebow out or beat Drew Locke out? (laughs)
0: You got Tebow on your mind. Yeah,
2: I I, got to get this out. Okay. So Drew Locke, 13 games. Teddy Bridgewater, five games. The other thing is, and I I was having this discussion yesterday with somebody. uh, It would be logical to project that, that sort of thing, no matter what, because Drew Locke in the last two years, has had multi-week injuries both times and uh, last year, if not for the new England game being postponed a decent shot, he would have, he would have missed three consecutive games. injury, the finger injury back in 2019 that uh, saw recovery time measured in months before he was able to go back out there. So it's a pretty reasonable bet to assume that drew would miss some time, but I think the interesting thing also is to kind of parse through what the numbers are that Mike Clay suggests that Drew Locke and Tay Bridgewater might have. And with Drew Locke, he has just a tick over 3,000 yards, 3,054 yards a completion percentage of 60.5, 18 touchdowns, 11 picks and 85.8 rating. Teddy Bridgewater has a higher completion percentage, 64 for 1076 yards, a better than a slightly better than 2 to 1 touchdown interception ratio, 7 to 3, and a passer rating of 94.6. So on the surface you look at these and say if these if these are the statistics produced by the, by the prospective quarterbacks. Why is drew lock in the lineup for more than Teddy Bridgewater?
0: Exactly. Mace that that's the first thing that jumped out to me. The only way this makes sense is if let's say, and, and I'm, I'm touching wood here. Let's say Teddy Bridgewater plays the first five games and then gets hurt. And then you have drew in for the next 13. That's, that's the only way this makes sense. Mace. They, they, this coaching staff is not in a let's develop drew lock for an entire season mode. They were in that mode last year, this year, it's about winning for them because they have to prove to George Payton that they need to be back here next year as coaches. So if Drew's going out there and let's say he starts the season as the quarterback and plays those first 13 games as the quarterback and has 18 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. I mean, Unless four of those picks came in the very last game before he was pulled, Mace the the plug is going to be pulled much earlier on Drew Locke, especially with Teddy coming in and showing seven touchdowns, three interceptions. The, seven touchdowns, three interceptions is not lighting the world on fire in a five game sample size, but that's what Vic Fangio wants. He does. He wants a quarterback that's just going to manage the game and just over a touchdown a game. You know, averaging one point four touchdowns per game, which which that's roughly what Teddy's doing there. It is managing the game and less than one interception per game drew here Mace is almost averaging an interception per game and we don't have fumbles on here but I believe Drew averages 10 fumbles per 16 games so you can throw in a couple of fumbles and and you're saying that Drew is averaging over one turnover per game that's just the complete opposite in my mind of what Vic Fangio wants here
2: yeah complete opposite and and the other thing is an 85.8 rating it's like okay well you don't know the circumstances behind that what if uh, there are some what if there are some late game comebacks involved with it uh, you know first of all I don't care what the win loss margin record is I mean uh, some people do I don't I want to I, I want to see though how I do want to see how this he comes to these numbers and and how he would produce this kind of season but the thing is that, on balance, if you have an 85.8 rating and you have a 60.5 completion percentage, that means you are going to be in the bottom quarter of the league and maybe the bottom five in terms of bottom um, quarter of the league in rating bottom among starters, bottom five in terms of completion percentage. And even if you're doing some good things at the end, that just isn't going to be sustainable. And in fact, you know, if you make the Josh Allen compare comparison and bring that in and say, you know, well, what did Josh Allen do at a comparable point in his career? Well, when Josh Allen had starts 19 to 31, which is what Tebow would have if he played 13 games, Josh Allen had 23 touchdowns, three picks, and a rating of one of two point five. So mm-hmm. if he if Locke has this sort of season, I would I would like to think that this would put the whole Josh Josh Allen comparison to bed.
0: Yeah, I think it would. And Mace, one comparison that it could bring up is Justin Fields, not because of the type of players they are, but in these comparisons, Justin Fields has the closest stat line to Drew Locke. Justin plays in 14 games, has 3,100 yards, 18 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. So the exact same touchdown to interceptions as Drew here. But obviously, I mean, I think the big difference here is that Justin Fields is a true rookie. If Drew were to put up these stats as a true rookie, you would feel good about it, right? I mean, you would be encouraged, but Drew going into his third year. And one of the things that, you know, is Drew's getting um, some credit for is this is going to be the first time since one time in college. He had the same offensive coordinator back to back years, and that's supposed to give him a big boost this year. 18 touchdowns to 11 interceptions
2: is not the type of boost you're talking about. No, this is, this is the type of season where if he has it, then if you do make the playoffs, then it's a type of year that is kind of like Tyrod Taylor in 17, Blake Bortles in 17, go back to last year, Mitchell Trubisky for the Chicago bears. These were all playoff teams that got there to some degree in spite of their quarterbacks. Of course, the response by the Bears and Bills was to say, yeah, that's not enough. And they immediately went into the quarterback draft pool. Justin Fields, this past draft for the Bears, Josh Allen in 2018 for the Bills. And then the Jaguars decided, hey, we're going to give Blake Bortles a two-year extension. And (laughs) some of it was kind of uh, restructuring us to to make sure that the cap hit wasn't uh, crippling in 2018, but then that left them with a lot of dead money in 2019 and that it proved to be an unwise move to extend Blake Bortles. So you had three teams and the Jaguars did go farther in the playoffs than the bills or the, uh, or the, or the bears did in those respective years, but they kind of got, they kind of, got sucked in by the euphoria of a run to the AFC championship game even though Bortles was not a primary reason why they even made the playoffs to begin with they were defense and running game oriented so if you have this type of season and go to the playoffs i would hope that for the broncos long term sake it was viewed soberly and not and uh there was an acknowledgment that Getting there with a starting quarterback for most of the year whose rating was eighty five point eight means that you you almost certainly got there in spite of the quarterback.
0: Yeah, and, exactly. And means.
2: that wouldn't be enough. and and that's and if this were the case, I would be disappointed and flabbergasted if the Broncos stuck with uh, Drew Lock for twenty twenty two. They they would have to move in another direction if this is if this after a full off season knowing the scheme into year three if this is what if this is what you got then the the outlook would be pretty grim as far as him being worthy of a second contract he'd basically be a lower mid-tier starter and and the biggest mistakes you make are when you pay mid-tier to lower mid-tier guys big money uh when their contract comes up you'd be basically looking to hit the reset button if you're smart
0: yeah, I, d- I don't think there would be any talks about extending Drew. I, I don't think uh I- anyone would be wanting to do a Teddy Drew combo again if this were the case, Mace, because Mike Clay, he he ranks the quarterbacks around the league based on um PPR, so fantasy points, and I know that's not exactly how quarterbacks should be judged, but it- it's an interesting metric that he uses, and he has Drew being the 32nd-ranked quarterback, so the-, the worst quarterback in terms of fantasy points. Again, that's not everything. Everything, I'm not going to really hold that, but it's interesting that that's where Drew falls here. But then what he does, he takes the teams in, in total. So he's combining Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and says that the Broncos would have the fourth worst completion percentage, the seventh fewest passing yards, the seventh fewest touchdowns, the sixth most interceptions and the fourth most sacks. And when you look at the numbers between Teddy and Drew, Teddy brings all of Drew's numbers up, so you have to imagine that those numbers as a team would be worse uh, if Teddy didn't step in for those five games. So that's why I think from here, Mace, you could make the case to give Drew Locke this year, the 2021 season. After this, Mace, there's going to be a huge investment, whether it's a huge trade that's made at quarterback, whether it's a huge free agent signing, or whether it's a huge investment in the draft at the quarterback position. I think these stats would make it very, very clear. And Mace, this wouldn't be the worst thing ever. I mean, look, Mike Clay has the Broncos winning nine games in this. You could be a playoff team. He has that as a 16th uh, best. You're, you're fighting for the playoffs there with a nine and eight record. So your team is improving and now you can go and make that big splash at quarterback. And to me, this isn't the worst thing ever because your team obviously showed that they don't need a great quarterback, but now you can go get a great quarterback and this makes it very clear that you need a quarterback. Like you said, Mace, the the one thing you don't want is you don't want to be stuck in that middle ground where you have an average quarterback, but do you pay him top five money? Well, there's no, there's no debate with this. Now, obviously, the best thing is for Drew to come out and throw 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 66% completion. That's the best thing in, in the world for the Broncos. This, as crazy as it seems, isn't the worst
2: option thing is, where's that great quarterback coming from? Uh, has Aaron Rodgers uh, fallen off the market, or is he somehow still available in the offseason? What's the status of Deshaun Watson? Because if you get past those guys and you look at the free agent quarterbacks for next year, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, who probably has one foot in retirement, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, guys like that. If um, – if Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson aren't in play, you're not finding that great quarterback next year. Even if you've got the room to go spend on, on one, it's much like gonna...
0: the much like the Bills' mace, uh, and I don't yeah. disagree with you. Much like the Bills, you go and draft one, and, and you, you hope that 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 you can hit on that.
2: Yeah, you, you have to. I, don't, I I I don't think there's any choice to, again unless you are making a trade for Rodgers or Watson. And you know what? You, you wonder if this is something. Uh, that has been discussed uh, in at Broncos headquarters, how the market looks beyond this year, not just in terms of the draft, but in terms of uh, agent possibilities and saying, all right, if, if Rogers is available um, right now, go get him. If not, what does the future look like? I would say that the near-term future is fairly bleak. And, oh, by the way, teams that have clear-cut outstanding quarterbacks uh, they're generally not going to let him go. I mean, uh, maybe one possibility that could come into play uh, would be uh, Matt Ryan if the Falcons decide to trade him. But they had a chance to go quarterback this year, and they chose Kyle Pitts. And uh, th- there's a lot of reasons to believe that uh, maybe Matt Ryan has a renaissance type of season that compels Atlanta to stick with him for beyond uh, the, for beyond this year.
0: Yeah, that, that's not crazy to think of. So, Mace, when we look at these numbers – these are an improvement from drew lock because last year he had 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and this is 18 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. And we both believe that drew is going to improve, especially that 16 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. We both believe that's going to happen. And it should, I mean, he should improve every quarterback should improve from last year to this year, but how much does he need to improve? Because we're both saying 18 touchdowns to 11 interceptions is not enough improvement. How much does he need to improve in order for you to say okay we're rolling with drew in 2022
2: i've got to see metrics that across the board are are at least league average okay um and that's passer rating that's uh, i think like touchdown interception i think the bare minimum bare minimum would be two to one over the course of a full season Mm -hmm. completion percentage 60 is the baseline, but you're not comfortable with 60. 60 is not something that you can work with long-term uh, to be a viable starter. And this had him at 60.5. I think 60 he's got feels a
0: little outdated, doesn't it? it?
2: It does. I mean, basically it's the baseline for entry. It, right. kind of like, if you're talking about a, like a quarterback coming into the NFL in the draft, it's sort of the, where you say, okay, they've, they've meet the minimum entry point. They meet the minimum entry point And and that's what and that's a ba- that's a baseline that he struggled to hit until late in his time uh, at Mizzou. I would say with Drew Lockett that the percentage to where I think you feel that there's some promise there probably needs to be at least 62, if not 63. Actually, the funny thing is for this uh, evaluation by Mike Clay, he had Bridgewater at 64%. And I thought that was underselling him a little bit based mm. on, especially based on what he did the last two years in Carolina. And New Orleans, I I think his completion percentage is probably uh, closer to is probably closer to 67 or 68. And if that is the case, then he'll probably be substantially better than Drew Locke in the end. Some.
0: Yeah, yeah, he I, I completely agree with you, Mace. And I also agree that at bare minimum man, I drew needs to be at like 64% completion or at least 63% completion, which I think would be right around the league average, at least two to one touchdown. I think you feel good if he's at two and a half uh, to one touchdown to interception ratio and that passer rating cannot be sitting around 80. Like it is in these
2: rankings. Yeah, uh, it just, it just can't. Or, I mean, there was a time when 85.8 would have been fine, but that time is, a decade plus in the past, it's it, it's something that doesn't hold up anymore. That is a substantially below average. And the thing is, that mid eighties passer rate, that up that low to mid eighties passer rating, Zach, that's roughly what Joe Flacco did in twenty nineteen, Case Keenum in twenty eighteen, and Trevor Simeon in twenty sixteen. Is that good enough? I mean, we've seen that it isn't good enough.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, that, that is not good enough. And so, Mace, what this has, speaking of like getting another quarterback, if this is the case, Mike Clay has the Broncos picking 17th in the draft next year with a 9-8 and eight record. Well, we did just see the Chicago Bears move from 20 all the way up to get their quarterback, and it cost them an additional first-round pick. We're probably talking about a very similar jump for the Broncos, maybe going from 17 to to seven trading with the Chicago bears because they have Justin Fields. And in these projections, Mike clay has the bears picking at seventh and you could probably see that trade happen. Broncos trade with the bears move from 17 to seven and get a quarterback there.
2: Yeah. Uh, they would, and they would sacrifice future capital to to do it in all likelihood. And um well, that's where uh, as, as good as you feel about having Pat Sertan, uh, you might have felt a, a little bit better if this is how it ends up going. If you traded down with the Bears and gotten their first round pick and then be, would have been sitting with two first rounders to play to play with. Now you're not going to have that. Before we move on, Zach, I actually just you, you, you said something that got me thinking. You said 64 percent on completion percentage for Drew Locke, right? Mm hmm. So I just went and uh, checked to see, all right, what happens if his completion percentage gets to 63.5, rounding up to 64 okay. and uh, w- what that impact would have on his pass rating. If we just plug it into Mike Clay's projection, that would be 13 more completions. So one more per game that he has drew lock playing and his rating would be 88.3 is that, is that average no it's on the lower side of average so he'd be kind of uh, in that uh, lower end of the mid tier but that would be a higher passer rating than Tom Brady had in 2019 when he <laughs> had just an 88.0 passer rating uh the big thing that year for for Tom Brady was that he had his lowest completion percentage in 6 years when he posted that 88.0 passer rating he goes to Tampa and That that completion percentage goes back up to where it was in right, right about where it was in 2018. So it was about five percentage points higher than it than uh, it was in 2019. And that's enough to get to the Bucks to a Super Bowl. Of course, having great targets and being able to throw for 40 touchdown passes didn't hurt either.
0: <laughs> wow, yeah, I mean, in in these rankings, Ooh. he has uh Tom Brady as the second best quarterback in the NFL only behind Patrick Mahomes and I mean pretty much competing with Mahomes. so uh <laughs> that that's fascinating though, mace. that and is really- fascinating. Really quick Mace, I just noticed this too, saying the Broncos get the 17th pick in the draft, nine touchdowns, eight interceptions. He also has them making the playoffs as the seventh seed in the AFC. So does this change the way you would view drew it all though? The numbers aren't there, but the success was a winning record and making the playoffs. Does this give him a little benefit of the doubt with, despite the numbers?
2: Mm, no. Yeah, it, it'll give a benefit of the doubt to some those that are in the QB wins camp probably would give the benefit of the doubt. But I think the examples that I, I mentioned earlier, Blake Bortles, Tyrod Taylor, Mitchell Trubisky last year, uh, teams that got to the playoffs despite subpar quarterback play. I think that's where you'd have to give uh, again look at it with open eyes and look at it rationally rather than getting caught up in the emotion of making the playoffs. The way Buffalo handled this after the 2017 season uh, was so perfect because there was a franchise that really could have gotten carried away in the tsunami of emotion that followed making the playoffs for the first time in in 18 years. And they didn't. They got to the playoffs. They were one and done. And really, if you go nine and eight, you're probably going to be one and done in the postseason. And got home, got into the offseason, and let clear, sober minds carry the day and didn't get caught up in the emotion of it. Because I would look at this kind of season from Drew Locke in year three and say, you you know, you have one year left on his deal. He made progress, but he didn't really make enough progress. And it seems clear that he's not headed toward the upper tier of quarterbacks. He's headed toward that middle tier, lower mid tier of guys where it's just not worth giving him the big money contract. And that is that that's the decision I would hope the Broncos would make I would hope they would view it like the Buffalo Bills did and not like the Jaguars did after 2017 because I think it's pretty clear which team with their suboptimal quarterback made the right call coming off of that playoff season I'd hope the Broncos do the same.
0: Yeah. And, and I think it would look very similar to last year's bears mace where they, they slid into the playoffs and then just got, uh, you know, destroyed in the first round and I guess not destroyed, but yeah, pretty beaten down in the first round. And then they don't even make it a a question. I mean, they, they don't Mm -hmm. even sign Mitchell Trubisky to two and a half million dollars for one year. Like the bills ended up getting him for, uh, and they go in a very different direction, invest heavily in the draft and Mace you're saying, that uh, Drew Locke would be heading for that, you know, lower middle tier. Purgatory. What? Yeah, yeah, it's purgatory. But according to Mike Clay, he also ranks the entire quarterback room in the NFL. So number one is the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, Chad Henney, Anthony Gordon. Number two is the Packers. So interesting how this all changes if the Broncos get the Packers. Uh, But then he has the Broncos and... uh, I can't believe he has this. Honestly, I'm surprised he has the Broncos second to last. So he has them having the second worst quarterback room in the NFL with drew lock, Teddy Bridgewater and Brett Rippon. And he has the Philadelphia Eagles one spot ahead of the what? Broncos with Jalen hurts, Joe Flacco, and Jamie Newman. I mean, that is just a punch to the gut there. That shocks me that he would have those guys rated higher than the Broncos.
2: Yeah. The only one that's lower is Carolina with Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, and Will Greer. Of course, Sam Darnold was another quarterback who was bottom five across the board uh, last year. Kind of like Drew Locke was. Yeah. you're. I'm sorry. Now. I will, I will disagree strongly with that. Hurts Flacco, Jamie Newman.
0: Oh,
2: I mean, the, what this is also telling me is that he really doesn't like Teddy Bridgewater.
0: Right. Exactly. He doesn't view him as a, as a potential starter. He views him as not even a good backup.
2: Even yeah. Even though he's got Teddy Bridgewater when he steps in, performing better than Drock
0: Yeah, on a a per
2: on a per attempt basis, I mean, this is just uh, okay. There's some inconsistencies here that I'm having trouble getting past.
0: Oh man, I'm looking at the rest of what he has ranked and Mace, we're going to have to spend a couple more days on this because there's a lot of interesting stuff outside of the quarterback position and how Mike views this Broncos team specifically on offense. So we'll definitely get into that. I've really Mm. enjoyed this conversation though, Mace, but before we go any further and jump into the comment section. Got to tell you about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee because they haven't been feeling the love lately. Our longest and most loyal partner to date, Strava Craft Coffee, has not felt the love from you guys, so they're up in the offer. And here's what they're doing to change that. They're giving you a new promo code DNVR25. We'll get you 25% off your first purchase by using that code DNVR25. It's one of the best codes they've ever had to giving out to anyone, including us. And so what they're doing with that DNVR25 code is they want you to try Strava Craft Coffee. And Strava Craft Coffee is delicious CBD coffee. Not only is it fantastic quality coffee, but it packs that CBD punch, which helps relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on. And for some people, it also relieves those coffee jitters. So you can have as many cups of coffee as you want without feeling those coffee jitters, jitters. So make sure to try it out and let us know if it does that. That for you as well and then after you use that code dnvr25 make sure to subscribe to strava and you'll save 20 percent off every single order after that and you can even also have it delivered straight to your door every two three four six eight weeks or however often you want it'll show up to your door at that 20 percent off price so make sure to check out our friends over at strava craft coffee and use that code dnvr25 at checkout
2: also want to tell you to check out our, our check out DNVR, check out what's going on uh, what's what's going on with us because it's playoff season of course not for the Broncos we hope we're talking about that in January but it's playoff season for the Avs and the Nuggets and DNVR has the most in-depth coverage you're going to find of what the Avs and Nuggets do on their Runs to the Stanley Cup and the NBA title that we certainly hope to see. But beyond that, there are so many perks to becoming a DNVR member, and we just keep adding those perks as time goes on. So, you know, there's a lot to it right now. For example, you could join the DNVR Golf League. If you're in the area, you want to get some play, some great courses, at a nice discount, have some fun check out the dnvr golf league you can join our members only discord where you can talk sports your favorite teams without worrying about politics and the jerks that you're going to see on social media if you become a dnvr member you get extra raffle tickets at all watch parties at the dnvr bar to win free gear make sure when you go down there you mention that you're a member you can talk with the hosts in the discord and you talk with diehard fans like yourself You can read our content on the Broncos as well as what we mentioned on the other sports. You get a free DNVR shirt with an annual membership. You get weekly member deals on shirts from the DNVR locker. You get deals with our partners by being a DNVR member. And of course, if you come on down to the DMVR bar, you'll get a big beer for the price of a small beer. So check all that out. Of course, if you become a DMVR member, you can join the comment section and you can chime in every day on what we have to say on the DMVR Broncos podcast. And uh, you can even hop on a live stream, maybe step into the red zone with RK, Zach, and myself during the Friday three ring circus. So check it all out. There are so many reasons why you become a You should become a DNVR member, and we'd love to have you as part of our family. And if all else fails, just think of it this way. You get a free DNVR shirt with an annual membership, and you get weekly deals from the DNVR locker. You could basically become a DNVR member, get your free shirt, get your deals in the locker, and you get everything else for free if you want to think of it that way. Whatever whatever trips your trigger, there's so much to get by being a member of DNVR. So sign up today and join our family.
0: And Mace, let's hop into the comment section. But first, I have some breaking news, guys. The lawnmower 4.0 is released from Manscaped. Guys, I thought they were never gonna make a lawnmower 4.0 because the lawnmower 3.0 was just that good but somehow they found a way to make it even better. And the Lawnmower 4.0 just launched and is available in the United States and Canada right now. And guys, it has so many upgrades. You can turn that led light on and off, which just helps the incredible battery life already. And speaking of battery life, it now has wireless charging capabilities. I mean, guys, this thing's like an iPhone and a shaver. It also of course still has their ceramic blade and skin safe technology to make sure sure that you're not gonna get nicked at all when using it it is so sleek as well i mean it looks like an iphone it is so cool and of course it has a travel lock which is great for people that like to travel and it comes with different trimmer uh trimmer lengths including sizes one to four guys and if you use the code dnvr over at manscaped.com you'll get 20% off and free shipping so make sure to grab the lawnmower 4.0 and some other goodies over at manscaped and use that code dnvr at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping all right mace let's hop into the comment section here and talk to the great people first one coming in from casper fellas if Rogers is a Bronco
2: where the defense have more turnovers or more sacks this season? Well, in this day and age, turnovers are relatively limited. So I would say it would have more sacks. And in fact, some sacks are going to be turnovers because you're going to have strip sack fumbles involved with that as well. So I would expect, but that's only a limited amount of sacks that end up with a strip sack fumble. So I think It's pretty easy that uh, sacks would be uh, what you see more of rather than uh, turnovers
0: especially with this defense Mace uh, with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb uh, coming off the edge, especially if Rodgers is a Bronco and they'd be playing with the lead. I really think it would be sacks and that would be huge for the Broncos. It would be huge for the pass rush. And then it also would lead to turnovers. It it wouldn't be one or the other. It would definitely help last year. Mace uh, Mm. the team that led the NFL in sacks. I believe, was the Pittsburgh Steelers at 56 sacks. The Broncos should be above 50 sacks, Um, you know, really not regardless of if they have a quarterback, but especially if they have quarterback, they should be there. Only two teams did that last year. That was Pittsburgh and the Los Angeles Rams. You had the Washington football team at 47. The Broncos should be right up there with those
2: teams. And just also consider this with Pittsburgh. They had 55 sacks. They were number two in the league in takeaways, and they had 27.
0: Mm, yeah. So
2: that's kind of something to consider as far as what you're going to have more of. So I think clearly, if, if that's the case, you're going to have more sacks uh, than turnovers. And I'd say whether you have a good defense or a bad defense, you're going to have more sacks than turnovers. No question. So
0: really, this should come down to would you have more sacks or double the amount of turnovers. It, and that's kind of what the formula is here. But Casper, I, I love the
2: question. Made me think yep. uh, a little out of the box here. Yeah, good Next stuff. Shat Permer yeah. says, Mace, the Broncos are trying out punter Max Duffy, the former Australian rules football player who started Kentucky. I know you have to be excited about this. Coffin Corners, here we come. Please tell me there will also be a punter watch with daily pod updates. So pumped to see another Aussie getting a crack at the Broncos cheerio
0: <laughs> Mace. Is this your dream? Max Duffy? I mean, you may have talked about him more than any other punter.
2: Yeah. I mean, they also worked out, uh, drew G- Graylitz, who, uh, was a punter in the uh, XFL, I believe last year, but yeah, Duffy was the Ray guy award winner in 2019. And, uh, I, you know, I thought he might consider turning pro, uh, because, of his age, of course. uh, And that is one thing to to consider uh, right now is that, uh, you know, Duffy is 28 years old. So that's probably part of the reason why he went undrafted, even though we had a stellar career at Kentucky, his net, his net averages were 40.2, 44.6 and 42.1 year by year. His gross averages were 44.8, 48.1 and 45.1 in his three years as a, as Kentucky's punter. So, and, and then that doesn't even include the fact that, that, like you man- that like you mentioned there, Shad Permer, he was an expert at placement punting. He is a coffin corner type punter. And I think that's one reason why the Broncos wanted to get a look at him, at least on a tryout basis. Now, will they sign him? They haven't, you know, they haven't signed him yet, and maybe they're just going to kind of keep his number on call. But an interesting thing to look at, Zach, when it comes to uh, the punter situation and whether the Broncos want to bring in competition. And they got to look at a couple of long snappers either. But Jacob Moyer is a long snapper who's on his rookie deal. So he's inexpensive. With Sam Mart, if the Broncos cut him after June 1, so presumably that would be at the final cutdown, they would have $483,000 in dead money, but they would save $2.3 million on the cap. Wow. So you could, so once you factored in that rookie punter on a rookie deal, uh, effectively, you'd probably be looking at roughly $1.75 million of net savings on punter if they went with a rookie rather than Sam Martin.
0: Yeah, that's pretty significant too from the punter position. Mates, my question on Max Duffy is he's really good. Why isn't he signed by a team?
2: It's a good question. And um, I think uh, with Max Duffy, one of the things that uh, did come into play, even though he's a punter, punters should age re- reasonably well. It's the fact that he's 28 years old. He, when he signed to play at Kentucky, Zach, uh, and he made, and he made his Kentucky debut in 2018, he was 24 when he signed 25 when he made his Kentucky on field debut. So <laughs> that is wild. So, I mean, we think about like someone like Garrett Bowles being, an old rookie i mean max duffy i want to i want to look at the broncos roster real quick how many players would he be older than on Uh, on the broncos roster and this guy would be a rookie i mean let's you know if you look at the look at the age real quick standpoint
0: though i mean a punter that wouldn't bother me one bit
2: yeah it, it, let's see here. You've got uh, Kareem Jackson, 33, Vaughn, 32. And yeah, I agree. It wouldn't bother me with a punter. Uh, you'd had you you'd have Sam Martin, Bobby Massey, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Okay, you know what? The Broncos have a fair amount of guys who are older than 28. They got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 players who are older than 28, so he wouldn't be the oldest player on the roster, certainly. <laughs> but he'd be your oldest, but by Far your oldest rookie I mean my goodness you've got uh, uh, actually right now the oldest rookie is uh, is Case Cookus even though you could consider him a first year guy because the Giants signed him or because because the Giants signed him last year he didn't make it to camp, so if so, right now on the Broncos' official roster, Case Cookus is listed as a rookie. And oh, by the way, that means he's older than both than both of their returning quarterbacks, Brett Ripon and Drew Locke.
0: That is crazy. That is fun something. Fat,
2: fun facts about overaged rookies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. I would love to see Max Duffy here, uh, but the Broncos have not signed him. So as of now, there is no punter competition.
2: Bummer. Bummer. <laughs>
0: Next one coming in from Otis Lockweather: Fried Spam Pork Chili Verde Breakfast Burritos. Don't at me. I'm not gonna at you. I may may have to try that, Otis Lockweather. You know what? Anything fried is uh, is good in my
2: book. So I, I'm down for that. I mean, I, I would say this: if it takes frying to get spam to be uh, consumable, I'm not sure about it. But uh... <laughs> by the way, why do people say "Don't at me"? I I hate I I don't get that I don't don't hate that pardon me but I don't get that especially like you say on Twitter don't at me well no if you put something out there that's a questionable take people are going to respond they're going to at you (laughs) (laughs) I think it's I think it's now a way for
0: people to be like actually yeah don't do come at me it's a way to like uh you know bring people into the conversation I think even though it's you know meant to be the opposite
2: like back in the day bad meant good (laughs)
0: all <laughs> right exactly <laughs> Bush cassidy
2: since we are playing off crazy off-season scenarios here's a hypothetical for you what if in the not too distant future the broncos assume new ownership by a group that puts peyton manning in as president of football operations elway is senior consultant of whatever he wants george Payton is gm and aaron Rodgers at quarterback and broncos fans everywhere rejoice but also in this future AFC West quarterbacks consist of Mahomes, Rogers, Herbert, and Watson, who was shipped from Watson to, from Houston to Las Vegas. What are the records and ranks of these teams in the division? Who makes and misses the playoffs? Does anyone go to the Super Bowl? And if this happened, would this be the most talented division of quarterbacks ever in the NFL? Thanks for playing.
0: Man, this is something to think about. Well, first off, AFC West games will be primetime every single week of the season. Uh, All teams will be making the postseason in this scenario. And Mace, the real wild card here is Justin Herbert. Does Justin Herbert build off the best rookie season for a quarterback ever and, you know, build off that to become one of the the all time greats or does he kind of settle into just being a good quarterback and that would depend that would uh, shape the future of the Chargers there and I think either of those is possible, but man right away Mace. I think this year, let's say this happens this year, I think the Chiefs win the division. I think the Broncos are second in the division with a fantastic record. And, I mean, the Raiders and Chargers, I would put them in the
2: playoffs as well. I think if this happens, <coughs> pardon me, for this year, the Broncos have a season very much like the Bucks did last year. Maybe it ends in the Super Bowl, maybe it doesn't.
0: Super Bowl. But Love what I'm it. saying
2: is, they get better as the year goes on and they're surging late because Aaron Rodgers has adjusted to what he has. And I I think the Broncos finished say 13 and four, 12, uh, right. Maybe they're right there with the chiefs. Maybe they're a little bit behind. And then I think the other variable is uh, Deshaun Watson kind of putting everything behind him. uh, If he were a Raider. Now we saw last year, Deshaun Watson, when he was surrounded by an awful team as superlative as he was on the field could only get them to four and 12. Mm -hmm. So I actually think in this future, most years one and two are going to be chiefs Broncos. Maybe they kind of alternate back and forth and then you have the Raiders and chiefs that are kind of fighting to be a very strong third place as in like 12 and five, 11 and six. The other thing I think you would see is these teams would be running up the score in non-divisional games. And so one thing that could be interesting to watch here is, is that fourth place team the year before that still had a really good quarterback, Getting those fourth place games to in the conference, one from out of the conference. That game that uh, for this year is Detroit for the Denver Broncos. That kind of thing could be the difference. Whereas the first place team uh, may stare down the gauntlet of Brady and the Bucks and uh, Josh Allen and the Bills and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in non divisional play just from a sample year. And that fourth place team, uh, from those same divisions gets Carolina still trying to figure things out. Um, the New York jets being the New York jets and either Pittsburgh or Cincinnati Pittsburgh negotiating life without Ross Roethlisberger and the Bengals being the Bengals and that's the sort of thing that could be a huge difference those those 3 games out of the 17 that are determined by your placement the year before might set up a scenario where you see in this division every now and again you see a worst to first like you see the raiders going like let's say the raiders go 8 and 8 with Deshaun Watson but they get the or 8 and or 9 and 8 with Deshaun Watson but they get those 3 games all of a sudden they use those as a springboard to win the division the next year so that would be really interesting,
0: man. Yes, it would be. And maybe the AFC West wouldn't lose a game outside of the division. If this were to be the case, man, that would be something. I love it. Butch Cassidy next
2: one. Oh, next one's for you, Mace. Yeah. Everything the count misses. He says, I miss play action. I miss naked bootlegs. Sorry about the pause there. I didn't want to cough into the mic. I miss free, flea flickers, end arounds, fake versus bubble screens. I miss fun. Love the count. You know what? Fun comes in a lot of ways, because I would say play action, naked bootlegs—that's one way of having fun. And then, then you have the end around and flea flickers and fake verses. There, the gadget way of having fun. You know what? I just miss a fun, exciting offense. Yeah. I, too. I I miss I miss points on the board. I want to be talking about this team averaging close to 30 points a game or right there at 30. That's that's what I want. I, I want to look up and see that uh, 30 that 31 points in a game isn't isn't eye popping. Like, like now if the Broncos score 31, you're like, <coughs> pardon me again. you're like, whoa, 31, point explosion. I don't want that to be the aberration. I want that to be the norm.
0: Yeah, me too. I think, I think we all do.
2: Yeah. This is, you know, problem the last four, the last four years for the Broncos is they've been at the worst intersection you can be bad and boring.
0: And I think when you're putting up 30 plus points, you're seeing the flea flickers, you're seeing the end arounds, you're seeing the fake reverses bubble screens. And then that would bring a lot of fun back to our lives. The count.
2: Fun, fun offense you know what else is fun is sometimes relaxing and sometimes uh getting a little uh, g- getting a little of something that's legal in colorado and that's not and that isn't legal everywhere else and that's where our friends over at solace meds come in they're a dispensary with great deals and four convenient colorado locations in fort collins wheat ridge off broadway and then on east colfax right near the dnvr bar solace meds Has some great deals this month, including 20% off all Glacier concentrates, 20% off mile high extractions, 20% off CBN gummies, two for 25 on Koala and Solace 100 milligram bars, 15% off any three grams of Connoisseur concentrates. And oh, by the way, you get buy three, get one free for the entire store. And you know what? Solace Meds is gonna make your shopping for cannabis. A breeze because what you do is you head on over to their website, check out what they've got, and then you can get those discounts I mentioned, and then add another 20% off from that mashable code DNVR20. You use that, and all of a sudden, boom, 20% off more beyond the savings that you're getting. So go to solacemeds.com, S O L A C E meds.com, and check out all the discounts they've got, all the deals they've got. And then you make your purchase online, and then you go to the store nearest you, go pick it up. It's easy, a breeze. Everything is done perfectly for you. And guess what? There's no better way for you to support DNVR than to support our partners. So go purchase online or go straight to one of their four locations, get the best customer service you'll find, and 20% off by telling them that code DNVR20. So remember, DNVR20 at checkout. 20% off your entire purchase every time. And let us know when you head on over there and tag us when you do. That's SolaceMeds, S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com.
0: And regardless of what you're putting in your body, one thing you need to do is you need to clean your teeth and you need to brush your teeth with the best products out there. And Sonicare toothbrush is the best product out there. And you also need to go get your teeth cleaned twice a year. And our friends over at Green Mountain Dental will hook you up with both of those. They will hook you up with a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. And when you get that, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Guys, they are the best family-owned dentistry in the entire in the entire metro area. And they're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. So make sure to check them out, support them because they will treat you like family. Our director of sales, Lindsay and Allie, both have their both had their wisdom teeth removed over at Green Mountain Dental. And although the process wasn't very easy because of just a, that that's a very painful and tough surgery to have, Green Mountain Dental treated them like family and called up and followed them couple of days later to make sure they were doing okay. See if there was anything else they could do for them. And that's the type of care and treatment that they give over at green mountain dental. So schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush when you do and make sure to let us know when you go over there. So we know that their family is growing by one of our members, check them out over at green mountain dental.
2: Also check out Gabby insurance, because when it comes to car and home insurance, You deserve better. I deserve better. We all deserve better. And lots of members and staff at DMVR put their policies to the test and turned to Gabby. And when they did found out that Gabby could save them hundreds of dollars, Eric Weedham saved $1,300. So what is Gabby? Well, first of all, let's talk about what Gabby stands for. G-A-B-I literally stands for Get a Better insurance and getting better insurance with Gabby means getting a better price for the same coverage. Gabby is the one true comparison platform with real rates and gives you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers, including progressive nationwide and travelers all in one place. Use your current insurance information to get started. And in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage that you have right now. And it's free to use takes only minutes to do. You put your insurance info in boom, you get back, the rates, and you might find out that you're paying the best possible rate. Good for you, but you also might find out that you are being overcharged. Guess what, Gabby? Customers save nine hundred and sixty-one dollars per year on average, and they'll never sell your info. So no spam, no robocalls because you put your info in it. Gabby, they'll make sure that your your info uh, doesn't end up causing you problems, and they they'll make sure they won't they they don't do anything with that info, but get you the best possible rates so put your policy to test like we did and get a better insurance with gabby it's free to check out with no obligation go to gabby.com slash dnvr that's g-a-b-i.com slash dnvr
0: mace let's jump back into the comment section next one coming in from mick coolest aloha guys spam is amazing the best gas station food in hawaii is a spam musubi a block of white rice with a thick cut of fried spam wrapped in seaweed yum i also wanted to bring up a lunch choice that mace brought up a few pods ago the hawaiian lunch special chicken katsu white rice and macaroni salad the combination of flavors is out of this world and before we go on to football mace i mean what what's up with the macaroni salad being a staple of
2: hawaiian food a good question because what he's talking about with the white rice macaroni salad and chicken katsu that's a classic plate lunch i mean it's obviously a carb feast with the rice and the macaroni salad but it is it's really good i mean it's it works now i like to have the plate lunch with some seafood so i like to get some uh some mahi or some shrimp uh perhaps but uh yeah macaroni salad it's it's, uh you can find it everywhere in hawaii it's, it's remarkable <laughs> by the way on the uh, on the spam on the spam musubi maybe the problem is that i had it at the wrong place i didn't go to a gas station i went to <laughs> a sushi place like one of those conveyor belt sushi restaurants and i mm. plucked the spam musubi uh, just to try it and i'm like Ugh, no maybe i went <laughs> to the wrong place
0: yeah, maybe the conveyor belt uh, sushi was the wrong place to go for that. Instead, of course, go to the gas station. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he goes on and says, back to football. If Denver's defense is number one, is Vaughn defensive
2: player of the year? Thanks, guys. 75. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd say probably not. Maybe he has. An, maybe he has a career year. And he and he is, but if Denver's defense is number one, it's not going to be just because of Von Miller. It's going to be Bradley Chubb. It's going to be what the corners do on the back end. I think Von will play a big role, but we've seen that uh, just because you have a great top-ranked defense doesn't mean you're producing the defensive player of the year. Because if that were the case, you know Von would have already had that trophy on his shelf.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good point, Mace. I, I think someone from the Broncos is probably in the conversation for defensive player of the year if they if they finish number one. uh. But yeah, I, I it's not necessarily Vaughn could be Bradley Chubb could be a corner. Maybe a corner would be the best thing for that, because that means mm-hmm. that a corner had uh, tons of interceptions. Uh, But yeah, probably it does not mean that Vaughn is defensive player of the year.
2: No, no, no. I mean, he could have a great season. I mean, we've seen him have great years and not be defensive player of the year, like in 2016, for example.
0: Yep, exactly. Next one coming in from Steve is the worst. Jeff Driscoll to the Texans. You literally cannot make this stuff up, LOL. I would like to think this means that the bar for teams in need of a quarterback is incredibly low and they'll just accept about anything because this means we have a shot at Rogers. But alas, I know better because it's the freaking Texans. P.S. Mace, your never ending fountain of football knowledge never ceases to amaze me. I cannot imagine going into your head with a trivia
2: competition. Oh well. I have lost sometimes, but uh, <laughs> the one thing about my trivia competition is that uh, it's fairly limited on the number of subjects uh, that I can ace. That's why, even though I'd love to be on Jeopardy, I've never quite managed to, to, to crack the code because I, I don't have the knowledge about, say, uh, um, physics or French literature. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you de- definitely know the Broncos and everything you need to know for uh, the red zone—that is for sure. Mace, the uh, the Texans getting getting back to the first part of his comment, the Texans quarterback depth chart is just. Wild, it, it it is crazy who they have. I mean, they have Tom Brady, they have Tyrod Taylor. They Wait, now they have, they have
2: Tom Brady. That's oh, awesome.
0: I'm sorry, not not Tom Brady, Deshaun <laughs> Watson. Tom Brady just popped up on my timeline. Deshaun Watson, and then just like five got five nobodies.
2: Yeah, I mean, they have Davis Mills, who of course they picked in the yep. in the third round this year. They've got a Ryan Finley. They got him from the Bengals. Remember him? Yep draft pick a couple of years ago it's uh oh boy there you know what they're they're just basically they're they're gonna shotgun it i mean they're just gonna they're they're just gonna throw they're gonna throw everything at it and hope that they can find something uh productive i mean yeah it's you know i guess what's uh you could say what's worse than uh What's worse than one bad quarterback? Well, it's two or three bad quarterbacks. But I think the thing with Tyrod Taylor is, uh, you know, he's kind of like a a lesser Teddy Bridgewater. He's he's capable. He's not going to elevate you, but he's not going to embarrass you. Ah, uh, Ryan Finley. Remember the Bengals tried to put him in a couple of years back, and he struggled to the point where they had to put Andy Dalton back in there. Uh, the Bengals were kind of in full tank mode at that point. And then Davis Mills. Some people like him. I think he plays kind of stiff. Doesn't really have good feel for the pass rush. That's why he was a third round quarterback instead of a first round quarterback.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting that Jeff Driscoll went to the Texans. That is just bizarre.
2: <laughs> it's kind of on brand that uh, oh, let's give him a shot. But I would say. Looking at the quarterbacks right now, uh, you might have him ahead of Finley, but Tyrod Taylor is making that team. Davis Mills is making the team because because he's a rookie and he's their top draft pick, even though he didn't come in until round three. So effectively, if Deshaun Watson is out of the mix there, it's Driscoll and Ryan Finley battling to be QB three. And that's really about where Jeff Driscoll should be, QB three. (laughs) All <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Ohio Bronco LX says Mace. You made a great point last week. I agree. Denver needs to score around 24, 25 points per game, which is doable. My questions to you guys are who has a better chance to throw for 4,000 yards? Drew or Teddy? Zach, who do you think? Uh, Drew. I-, I think he'll be looking further down the field. Okay. I think uh, it's-, it's Teddy just because I think he's going to, he's going to take what's there and that's going to stack up some yards. Who has a better chance to throw for 30 touchdowns, Drew or Teddy?
0: Oh, boy. Um, I guess Drew.
2: I'd say Drew just because of the uh, Bridgewater's relatively low touchdown tally in terms of right. in terms of what he gets with his arm. Now, he does run for more touchdowns, so that should be part of the equation. And Ohio Bronco X continues. I'm sorry, but Teddy is not the answer, and I really think he has no chance to start for Denver. You take his Saint season away, and his touchdown interception ratio is 1.29 compared to Drew's 1.27. Keep in mind, the same situation was perfect for Teddy. He's been in the league much longer than Drew. Drew has never been in a situation that great. Drew's upside is much greater than Teddy's. Now, I'm sure people may point out Teddy's completion percentage, but he is throwing short drop-off passes. Drew's average throw distance is among the deepest in the league. If Drew's average throw distance was 5.4 yards, his completion percentage would be just as good. Teddy isn't putting up 25 points per game throwing five-yard balls. I am sorry, but Teddy has has to be a smokescreen to win the job. Thoughts? Well, I would also say this, Teddy, t- t- Teddy does take what's there. And I would like to see Drew have a lesser average throw distance because that means he's forcing it less. That means he's taking what's there. And the, the, you know, the thing that uh, Drew Locke sometimes had a problem with last year was bypassing the open man to try to force it to somebody else, whether it was short or long. I want to see Drew go to the open guy. And if the open guy is Noah Fant five yards in the flat on, second and eight, then go to Noah fan. Don't try to force it downfield. So I want to see if, if that average throw distance is what it was last is what it was last year. Then I think drew Locke is having a similar season to what he had last year, because that means he's not making the type of decisions you want him to make, to take the next step.
0: Yeah. Mays uh, Ohio Bronco, Alex, uh, uh, I think hurt his case because he made he makes a really good point with everything he said, but I think the Broncos want Vic Fangio wants the safe option. He wants the guy that's just going to be dinking and dunking down the field and not going to be putting his team in risk by throwing it long every single time he throws. And so I think that Ohio Alex is right, but it's going to hurt him in the long run if he doesn't change that because they're going to want the safe Teddy Bridgewater. They're going to want steady Teddy back there.
2: Yeah, they're they're going to want the guy who, among 62 quarterbacks over the last four years is top 10 in in giveaway rate rather than bottom 12 bottom 12 like Drew Locke has been. That's what they're going. They're, they're going to want the guy who just takes what's there to, who doesn't, you know, who doesn't go broke taking a profit.
0: Exactly. Mark IT snatch. Hey guys, are there any other player transactions aside from Rogers you want to see before training camp or is this it? And who is the one Viking that just didn't do it for you, but would have been dope as a Bronco hmm. or buck?
2: Well, he is, he was a great player and I brought him up on Twitter yesterday and he absolutely besieged my bucks late in the nineties and early in the two thousands. And that of course was Randy Moss and hmm. the bucks had no answer for him. And they had a good secondary. Absolutely no answer for Randy Moss getting downfield. That's why Randy Moss is the goat of deep ball receivers. Don't give me this Tyreek Hill crap. It's (laughs) Randy Moss. (laughs) Period. End of story. And this is part of why I would still, even though it would have been tougher for the Broncos, I would still have loved to have seen the Broncos and Vikings in Super Bowl 33 that's the Super Bowl matchup we all wanted that year. Not Falcons Broncos. I think the Broncos would have won, but I think it would have been a hell of a game to find out
0: yeah, which team it, was better. It, that would w- have that would have been a blast. Yeah, it it would have. I'm gonna go Mace. I'm gonna go with Kirk. Cousins, Kirk Cousins is an easy guy to dunk on if he's not on your team. And certainly we've done that. But Mace, if Kirk Cousins was on the Broncos, they would have been a playoff team every single year. Now, maybe not a Super Bowl team, but they would have been a playoff team much better than they have been these past couple of years.
2: Yeah, I I don't think they would be a Super Bowl team. But if 2018, in that offseason, the Broncos were interested in Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins was not really interested in the Broncos, If they had gotten cousins that year, um, I believe that means at least three more wins in 2018, which means they go nine and seven at minimum. And is that enough to keep Vance Joseph around? That's the other thing. You might still have Vance Joseph as your coach. Mm, Maybe he would have grown. Maybe he would have grown into the job a little bit more with more time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That boy, interesting.
2: Count Locula says, I wonder if the ROG should be willing to absorb a massive contract in that icy Berg up in Wisconsin. If the pup, if the publicly owned team management wrangled up a hall of fame wide receiver, like that juggernaut from Atlanta, who is apparently on the block, love the count. Well, mm. talking about trying to satiate Aaron Rodgers by trading for Julio Jones, of course, um, mm. maybe,
0: well, I think that that's the move that uh, Green Bay should do in a heartbeat. I mean, you're you're thinking right around the the right lines. The count. Why why would they not do that, Mace?
2: Yeah, and the thing is, um, let's face it, that is totally unlike the Packers to take on somebody who take on a wide receiver whose base salary would be fifteen point three million if they traded for him. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If the Packers are going to find a way to somehow mend fences and uh you know i I don't there seems to be no indication that's going on right now that there's any thawing in aaron Rodgers' perspective on this their only shot is literally to do things that they may regard as foolish that are completely against their way of thinking and trading isn't isn't that what they should do yeah if, if trading for julio jones goes completely against that. I just don't know if the Packers can bring themselves to do that because it's a, they are a draft and develop organization. They don't like making big trades to bring in veterans. They don't like bringing in big free agents. They like to develop their own. That is that is their MO and it's, and it is ingrained in their thinking. Really. It's something that it, it, it developed in the two thousands and into the 2010s with, especially with the late Ted Thompson as GM. This isn't how the Packers were thinking back in the 1990s when they first got Brett Favre. And then a year after Favre becomes a starter, they make the big splash in the first real free agency class to sign Reggie White. So the Packers haven't always, always been this way, but I think what happened there is that they were so successful for so long that they kind of got to cruising altitude and gradually they became more risk averse and they could afford to be risk averse because They had Brett Favre and they had Aaron Rodgers and they kept on winning and the dark days, mostly from 19, most of the years from 68 to 91 were, were dark times for the Packers when they were just flailing and trying everything and nothing was working. And then they were audacious in bringing in Reggie white a year after, uh, after they came out of that, because the memories of those dark times were so vivid. Well, I think they've faded. And because of that, the Packers as an organization, they've gotten comfortable and set in their ways. And one of the ways in which they are set in their ways is that they don't want to make that big strike for a veteran, but they may have to.
0: Yeah, stupid for them not to. That's exactly what they should do. How about this, Mace? What about this trade? Jordan Love. For Julio Jones. And then Atlanta gets their young developmental quarterback at green Bay gets Aaron Rodgers, a hall of fame target and gets rid of Jordan
2: love. Why would Atlanta do that? Do they love Jordan love that much?
0: If they want a guy yeah. to, to sit behind Matt Ryan and learn. And, and if they liked him for a second round value a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, Maybe. Maybe I mean we'll
0: may, maybe Green Bay is also throwing a second round pick at him, or heck, even a first round pick at him, and, and, and along with that, that would just be a way to make Green Bay, uh, very much make Aaron Rodgers happy. I would think.
2: Yeah, I would, we'll plus see. a forty
0: million dollar a year contract.
2: But I can't. I, I would be surprised if the Packers suddenly do that because again, they they're not an organization that tends to think differently. They are, they they are as set in their ways as any in football.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I'm not saying it will happen, but they should do that if they want to mend fences for the Broncos per sake. Hope they don't.
2: Yeah. Hope they don't.
0: Next one coming in from miss Quill. This is a throwback, but something that has nodded me since I witnessed this as a 14 year old, why did the 2009 Broncos fall flat on their face after a six and O start after Denver beat the Pats with Kyle Orton while wearing perhaps the ugliest jerseys in human history? What in the hell
2: happened? Thanks y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Well, we'll, we'll start with the fun answer. The fun answer is that uh, it's the curse of Brett Kern because (laughs) the Broncos were six and O and everything was going great. They just won in San Diego to, to move to six and and they had their buy and they decided to change punters. They had Brett Kern and let him go and brought in Mitch Berger. Now, Brett Kern was immediately claimed off of waivers by the Tennessee Titans. And by the way, he's still a Tennessee Titan. He's been a three-time pro bowler. He's been an all pro. So you think about all the wacky discussions we've had at punter uh, over the years and, All of those could have been eliminated if they had hung on to Brett Kern, a funny trivia on that. After the Titans picked up Brett Kern, they went eight and two that year. So Brett Kern's personal record was 14 and two.
0: Ooh, man, that is impressive. So that, that was the demise of the Broncos was Brett Kern. That's the fun answer. That's the,
2: (laughs) that's the funny (laughs) answer. The realistic answer though, is this. First of all, you look at that three and O look at that. The the first part of that three and O start. They had the miraculous win at Cincinnati on the chip drill to Brandon Stokely. They beat Cleveland. They beat the Raiders. Both those teams that year were terrible. And then you have close wins over Dallas and the Patriots, and a special teams field win uh, over the San Diego Chargers in Week Six, I believe. Uh, uh, you had Eddie Royal had a punt had a punt return and a kickoff return for a touchdown in that game. So they were six and zero, oh, but you had to look at that and say. The Bengal game, getting two touchdowns via return against the Chargers, two of those wins were kind of flukish. And then you have the overtime win over the Pats, and then you beat the Cowboys narrowly by seven. You win a couple of close games. And so you kind of looked at them from a distance. And I was in Carolina that year, but I was watching the Broncos uh, from afar, and I thought they're kind of a regression candidate. And then regression came hard and fast they get blown out by baltimore blown out by pittsburgh lose at washington and then kyle orton gets hurt and then chris sims has to start the following game against san diego and he's so bad early they have to turn to an injured kyle orton they lose that one 32 to three so i i look back and I, i look back at that team and i i feel like there were some flukish elements early in their start and also just kind of the element of surprise with a with Josh McDaniels coming in and having the Broncos doing a lot of different things. You know, they, they changed offensive philosophy. They went from the four, three to the three, four on the defensive side. It took teams to kind of a little while to catch up to what the Broncos were throwing at them. But once they did, they, they fell and they fell hard, of course, going two and eight in the last 10 and then three and nine, the following year before they uh, finally uh, fired McDaniels in December. So I think that's what it was. They, they had, they had some lucky breaks, they caught people off guard, and then people started to catch up really
0: was uh Wasn't probably the best moment of the Josh McDaniels era right after they beat the Pats and Josh is just fist pumping on the sideline, and that's when I think Broncos country was like, holy cow, they just beat the Patriots. This guy could be the next thing. And then, I mean, you just detailed how everything totally fell off the reins, but I mean, that moment was probably uh, definitely the peak of the Josh McDaniels era.
2: The other thing that happens, and I think that's a great point, Zach, that uh, that was the peak moment. That, but you're successful like that, and you start believing your poop doesn't stink,
0: and you start <laughs> right. be-
2: you believe you're infallible. Yeah, you're you're better off. And I think Josh McDaniels would have been better off if his team has had gotten its butt kicked early, a couple of times. I feel like I, I do feel that he got too full of himself got too convinced of his own greatness uh, or his own perceived greatness I should say and uh, then when and the other thing is when when the team starts losing and you're trying to be Belichick light all the, the team starts losing and they're gonna tune you out they're not gonna listen to you anymore and so right. yeah once they lost four in a row and then they they lose four0 they win. On Thanksgiving against the Giants, but that's the game where McDaniels has his little meltdown where he's caught on camera yelling at the offensive line and eviscerating them. And they win that game, but moments like that, it was clear that he basically he was losing the team at that right. moment.
0: Right. So what what he needed someone to tell him was, Josh, your poop does stink.
2: He right. And <laughs> need him tell him that look, you know, that that just basically humiliating your guys on national television in prime time. It might make you feel good in the moment, but it's not going to, it's not going to do anything for your credibility. I mean, it, it was no surprise after that season, there were a few coaches uh, that were retained like that, that, that stuck around like Rick Dennison stuck around from the Shanahan era. He was actually coaching the offensive line. You had uh, Bobby Turner stuck around from the Shanahan era. He was coaching running backs. And when the season ended, they couldn't get out of there fast enough.
0: Mm, yeah, that's not the uh, type of culture you want to create.
2: Exactly. Because the, at that point, they, they knew it. It's fascinating to look back at that season, though. It really is. But, uh, you know, there's so many levels to it. That, and there's the, there's kind of the luck factor, the regression factor. And there's the Josh factor the Josh
0: factor, which then turned into the Tim Tebow factor and Mace. This pod has come full circle here with Tim Tebow. Speaking of Tim, he just showed up at Jaguars minicamp wearing number 85 and he looks pretty good. Mace. He looks pretty good. So there we go. We'll wrap up the Tim Tebow show right here with telling you about our presenting sponsor MSU Denver online. One more time because MSU Denver online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree, and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. And some of our very own DNVR family members have taken classes over at MSU Denver. And they say that the professors do a great job of teaching you what you need to know moving forward in after you graduate or finish that class. And they also build it around your schedule so you can live your life and take Classes at the same time, so make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver Online. Mace, that'll do it for us today. I had an absolute blast talking Tim Tebow, Drew Lock, and spam everything <laughs> else we did. What a blast, my friend! And we'll be having some more fun tomorrow on Three Ring Circus with special guest Alexis Perry. We're gonna have a blast being in studio with Alexis. So make sure to check us out on YouTube at 10 a.m. But for today, that'll do it for Andrew Mason. I'm Zach Stevens. Thank you all so much for joining with us. Today. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Now understand that you need some time. I know some landmarks we used to hit where flying cotton would stick.